0: Welcome to episode fourteen of Established Collection. I am Cody Maine, joined as always by my co-host Gary Hartman. Gary, how's it going, buddy? A Greek freak! Oh my God, he did is! Any, did anything happen in the sports in the sports world tonight? Any, anything? Anything interesting happened tonight? Uh, you know, it's
1: <laughs> almost one a.m. Eastern my time, and I'm just ready to go. I just, uh, I just burst open a seltzer. With alcohol in it, the green one for the Bucks. Uh, you know, I'm just ready to go. Got my Giants Champions hat on just to celebrate champions because that was, my friend, a championship performance if I've ever seen. One, Giannis Antetokounmpo of Greek of the Greek country, Greek Greece. Yes, Greece. That man uh, just dropped a 50 burger to win his first title at age 26, doing things that just it was an all time performance, legendary. It's the only way to put it. And I'm we're both amped up. I think right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're we're both buzzing. It's funny because we were just lamenting the fact that we weren't going to have basketball after our podcast, and we just recorded episode 13 last week, and there was no basketball on our TV, and we're just lamenting the fact that there's nothing on our TV to watch. And we get an all-time finals performance from Giannis. So, yeah, to, to say legendary might even be an understatement. 50-burger yeah. uh, in a closeout game, game six against Chris Paul and the Suns. And then, and then oh, I mean, after the game, him sitting there, just dead ass exhausted yeah. in the in the chairs court side uh the shouts out to his brothers uh the the funny quote the funny little uh, comment to chris uh as he's as he's doing his finals mvp acceptance speech we, hey we did it bud didn't we yeah uh, it was all incredible it was all incredible truly an iconic performance for a 26 year old It's just um, insane
1: yeah. Impossible not to root for. And I, you know, I've always felt that way. And know we were just talking a little bit off air, just from a basketball standpoint, you might've felt a little threatened by Giannis as a LeBron guy, but I think he's even won you over now, but uh, as a guy, impossible not to root for, yeah. uh, you know, doing this at 26, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this in a couple of minutes, just what this means for legacy, what this means for cards, just what it means for everything for this guy. Uh, he's just getting going. The ceiling is, um, limitless i really think so and it's yeah it's just so great to see him celebrating and everything he's gone through i mean coming up growing up poor in greece and really i mean i remember reading some stories from when he was a rookie that like the greek government only really started um paying attention to him and his family or helping them out at all when they figured out what kind of potential his him and his brothers could have because they were uh they, they had a hard time and and now all three of those brothers have championship rings and one of them is you know probably you know in the conversation for the best player in the world and who knows how many more of these he'll win. So it's it's really good stuff.
0: Why, why don't you just go there? Because that's that's where the hot to, uh, the hot take sports topic is going to go, right? Where Where is his status at in the league right now? And, and I guess all time, honestly.
1: Yeah, well, I mentioned on the last episode that I think it was just remarkable that we're seeing this guy that just won two MVPs in back-to-back yeah. seasons previously take his biggest leap in the playoffs. And then to come out in game six and seven, I mean, sorry, five and six, and take a bigger leap resulting in this 50-point epic performance that just put this team on his back and won a won a championship in his home city by the way. I know he he wanted to do that on his own floor. Yeah. And that was that was amazing. Um, you know, it's hard not to say he's he's back in the top five, back in the top three, back in the top two. I mean, you know, whatever however you want to put the list of him, LeBron, Durant, all those dudes, Luca, like I, I'm not gonna argue. You know, he's up there. There's no doubt about that. And you know, if he can sustain what he just showed in this, you know, last two rounds, there's really no reason to think that this Bucks team isn't going to be a perennial contender for, for many years here. And, you know, it's great. He's the kid that stayed, he signed the extension there. And I believe he was just saying in his press conference, you know, he could, he, he had the opportunities, he could have gone and joined a super team. And that's the easy way. And this is the hard way. And this is the best, just, I know I'm ranting here, but this is just the best possible thing for the NBA. You know, this marketable guy that everyone roots for that stayed home in a small market and just and got it done. And, and I think, you know, from, from a legacy standpoint, we're just getting started. So for cards, you know, I we'll get 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 into that specifically. But for cards, I think you know, if you're if you're like me and you have invested in Giannis over the mm-hmm. years, um, you're in a good spot. You're in a really really good spot.
0: What about what about everybody else on this team? Uh, we know they don't carry a whole lot of hobby value, a whole lot of hobby interest. But Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, um, you know, any anything to take away from those guys legacies moving forward? I mean, Chris Chris Middleton looks like uh, you know, a true Robin to yeah. Giannis' Batman. I mean, he was, he was incredible from a shot-making perspective. Every time they needed a big shot, he was there for them. Drew, uh, I mean, as, as underrated as Drew could ever be, I, there were times during this series that I was questioning Drew's performance, but the, truly incredible on the defensive end, really stepped up offensively the last couple of games. Uh, anything to take away from their hobby value going forward, Yeah,
1: well, game five was awesome, right? And it was the first time we saw all three of them kind of perform at that crazy level at the same time. And we spoke a little bit about that also being kind of the key for what the Bucs need to do. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Middleton, I could just speak from somebody that's been selling a lot of his stuff recently. It Mm -hmm. certainly garnered a ton of interest in the finals, which you like to see. I had a flawless patch autograph from last year up for Buy It Now around $500, which is a nice price for somebody like him who just doesn't have a lot of hobby love. And it got scooped up right after the game today. So, um, you know, people are going to buy into the fact that that guy now is a ring. He's a top 20 five-ish player. He's made multiple all-star teams uh, and, you know, you know, maybe he can add more to his own legacy, right? So yeah, I think he's somebody that is going to have a little bit of a hike now, hobby wise, and it'll probably plateau off into a nice space that he's never been at, which is great. Uh, Drew, on the other hand, also somebody that doesn't get a lot of love in the hobby. He's somebody that's just a buy for me. If you could find some of his 2009 top stuff, you know, it's hard to find. I'm guessing now when it does pop up, it'll be actually at a little bit of a higher price. We've mentioned how that 09 top set, the same one that Curry is in is, um, you know, they, they were short, more short printed that year. So low print runs on a lot of that rookie stuff. But he's someone also that, you know, you're you're sure to see a little bit of a bump. And yeah, great. I mean, it was excellent, excellent on both sides of the ball. And, you know, they, all these guys, I mean, you, you can't take away from at least some level of a legacy here. They all
0: have a ring now. It's it's really, it's really great. And Bobby yeah, Portis. Bobby Portis. <laughs> I posted the tweet. Who would have had Bobby Portis holding the mic to end the NBA season? I mean, it was, <laughs> his name being chanted was in Milwaukee was, was something else. Uh, that was you know, great. Dude, I, Bobby Portis played incredible tonight.
1: Ex-Nick Ray.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Um, a, a little more sobering on the other side. Uh, Chris Paul, we all thought they go up 2-0. Looks like he's going to get his first ring. Devin Booker is going to cement himself as a, you know, emerging superstar. These guys, it, it, I mean, Devin Booker really, really struggled in game six. That's not going to be a good look for him heading into the offseason, unfortunately, for as good as he played in the postseason. Chris Paul, the, the story remains he can never get it finished. Anything to take away from either of these guys, um, especially Chris Paul from a legacy perspective? you think this hurts him as bad as you know this, the, the hot take sports radio will, will say it does? Yeah, oh God. Let me start with Booker quickly. I'm not too yeah, worried yeah. about
1: him. You know, for the most part, this playoffs right. and this series, he was really good. He even got better defensively. You know, I think he he scored 40 in the last game. Like he, he he balled out. Yeah, he didn't didn't show up necessarily tonight, but he's a young superstar who will have more opportunities to 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 uh, show himself in the in the playoffs. So I'm not worried about him. His stuff's gonna stay high for his prism rookie stuff. You know, it, it let him build his own legacy out. Paul, on the other hand, it's crazy because I kind of was really sure about what I said a couple episodes ago that he, you know, I think no matter what now, his prices are about to take a jump that yeah. aren't going to come back down. And like, I think it's played out the exact worst for that kind of take for him at the, from that point, right? He oh, didn't was, necessarily look great. Yeah, go ahead.
0: I was looking on eBay just recently, and there were a couple of auctions ending. Uh, I was just his 2005 Topps Chrome and a PSA yeah. 9 just happened to pop up uh, as, as I was browsing. We're ending under $200 yeah just recently. Wow. And I mean I mean I know it's a it's a PSA 9 it's just 2005 base card but those things right. have really popped in the postseason so it looked like it was uh you know it was taking a hit even after game five that was prior to them losing tonight so yeah uh, yeah that thing might dip even a little further after I know
1: that. and I just didn't see it going this way right I think when, when I made that comment right. this were up duo I I didn't think the bucks were out of it at all in fact I bet the bucks minus four and a half in games three and four so I knew this was a series uh but I did think that at the very least he would continue to play well this goes six or seven he fights his ass off if he doesn't Win it like his legacy is changed, but the fact that they, the Suns just they lost four straight here, and you know we can't really beat around the bus. He played pretty well tonight, but all in all, you know he he a lot of it was on his back. Now I don't know if he was dealing with some sort of injury. Monty had come out and said he was fine, but. You know yeah listen I don't want to get we're, we're literally talking 2 hours after the game ended or right. an hour and a half. I don't want to get all into the sports talk radio with the legacy stuff. I still think he's one of the three or four best point guards of all time. This probably was his opportunity to get a ring and and it sucks. I mean, you know, what, we're going to be talking about him like Charles Barkley now for the next 30 40 years, right? All-time great that never got the ring. Yeah, it's just going to be going to be how it is. And it's a similar situation. Barkley had a chance to win a title as well against Jordan in 93, I guess. Um and you know, here we are. Almost thirty years later, and and Chris Paul had the same same opportunity, and Giannis just said nope, same same way Jordan did.
0: Yeah, the stars the stars really aligned from a Western Conference standpoint with all the injuries and everything that uh, seemingly every Western Conference team went through, and then you see the injury to Giannis, and you're thinking, um, oh, you know, oh my gosh, they're they're really going to waltz through the the playoffs, and they're going to, you know, Chris Paul is going to get his first title. Obviously, didn't play out that way. Yeah, we'll we'll see what, what comes of that. Any other takeaways from any of the fringier guys uh on either side? Anything you want to add to to the Giannis discussion?
1: Um yeah, no, I mean a lot of just fun guys that we'll remember from this from this playoffs. Pat Connaughton, I think, was awesome. Just mm-hmm. like hustle guy, incredible athlete. What an excellent rebounder from the guard position. You know, I, I don't he has a ring. Like I don't know if he's just going to be one of those guys that championship teams suit suit. You know, seek out in the future. Just guys like that. But no, I mean, from a hobby perspective, not really happy for Brook Lopez. He's been a great. He's had a great career and. Just, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how both these teams come back next year. But, yeah, I mean, it's the reason why all the people were to circle back on Giannis were saying they, they thought the Suns ain't coming into this series. Because going into game one, we had no idea what his actual health status was. We had no clue. And, you know, he, we, did, we thought he might have hyperextended the knee or whatever it might have been. You know, I, I, I can understand why everyone took the Suns. I just want to, I just want to end on this on Giannis. It's, it's, he's reached a new level here and there's no turning back. And it's, it's not just that he just won his first finals. At the age of 26, you know, younger than Jordan, younger than LeBron, and, and, he, and you know, he's, he's going to be an all-time great. But it's, how, it's what he did to accomplish. We just mentioned all these things. He scored 50. He, just, he reached incredible new levels, putting up numbers that really only Shaq. Now, there's some different numbers you can find that it's just now only him that have, that have done it. It's, it's incredible. And you know, I think now what you're looking at with Giannis is you're going to see a little bit of a bump. Now, you know, if you want to take advantage, if you need the money, sure. I, I understand selling Giannis coming off this absolute high. But I do think now it's kind of like just a retirement fund. You could you could sit on Giannis stuff, like the high-end Giannis stuff, like some right. of this crap here. Like you know, I've showed you I have some of his Prism rookie stuff, like even just flawless patch autograph stuff like this. Like this is going to be like yeah. his high-end stuff, like LeBron exquisite. This these are the type of things that you'll have from Giannis with the Panini. Um, you know, I have a white sparkle here. You know, some of this really short-printed things like that. The rookies. This is going to be his flagship card. The base. Uh, you know, th- this stuff is just sit let it let it hang and you know if he wins another you know even if he doesn't you know he's going to be on that pantheon now uh just for having the one ring we'll see how many more he can grab but the numbers the regular season numbers are just going to are going to continue to be there as long as he stays healthy um you know he's a freak he's the greek freak that's it it's
0: crazy it's crazy when you remember he's 26 years right. old i mean he's right. doing all this at 26 finals mvp finals win two-time mvp crazy crazy stuff from Giannis. honest yeah all right, let's Incredible. get into let's get into today's uh, hobby news and notes, and seemingly becoming a fixture on this show, Collectors Universe PSA, Nat Turner. It's their world, man. We're just living it in it. Is. So uh, it was announced this week, I believe last week, that Joe Orlando is stepping aside as CEO of PSA, and Nat Turner uh, is going to take over. So, like I said, man, it's their world. We're just living in it. Uh, any, any takeaways for the hobby? Anything that you? Um, anything changing from your perspective with respects to PSA with Nat Turner stepping in?
1: No, I mean, it's just, as we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, I think when we talked about them buying Golden, it really just feels like Matt Turner has taken over the entire <laughs> sports collectibles industry and, and kind of trying to, to run with it. Uh, it's interesting that he's choosing PSA to step in as the actual CEO of now that they've been acquiring all these companies yeah. and he has so much on his plate. You know, I'm sure he'll be more, he's obviously going to have to be more involved with the day-to-day of that specific, um, Piece of his empire, right? So, I you know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what what kind of changes that will actually mean for for PSA. But it is interesting that he said, "Hey, this was a, you know the big acquisition. We're putting everything under this collectors' universe umbrella, and I'm going to step in and be the CEO, be hands on." Um, I think it's a good thing overall. I think he has a good grasp on what the you know as as a member of the hobbies himself and as a collector himself. You know, if somebody like me, you like to see that somebody that understands it and gets it is at that head honcho position. So. I have no problem with it and it'll be uh, cool to see what kind of changes PSA makes over the years and coming up here and as tiers kind of open back up for the everyday collector.
0: Yeah, definitely still working through backlogs, still kind of unsure what uh, is gonna come of the tiers reopening. Will there be any price adjustments on the lower end type stuff? Will they uh, will they help kind of uh, quench the the thirst of collectors that need to get stuff graded? I know there's still people I see, I see the messages on Twitter and the tweets People have stuff that's backlogged from October yet, so uh, I know there's some I'm frustration in there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got we got one of them on the show. By the way, I just uh, checked
1: out that order because it's finally moving through the, the backlog a little bit. It's yeah. in assembly now, so I should get the grades popping soon. If and when do we do, we'll do a little reveal and everything. But in that like 250 card order, I have 35 Giannis cards in there, so no, no. we'll see. <laughs> we'll see um, which is good. It's exciting.
0: Uh, it's, it's a lot of just like there's gonna be a few of those flooding on eBay.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. It's a lot of like this, just like his silver prisms from different years sure. and things like that, because it was the yeah. ultra modern. So it couldn't be anything too high value. But still, I mean, these are silver prisms from his MVP years. They're going to yeah. be good cards, in my opinion, long term. So, right. um, you know, it's, it's a, it'll be fun to see how those those end up.
0: All right. Let's let's keep with the, the Collector's Universe theme here, because they did have another acquisition this week. Um, WADA Games, a video game grader. Collector's Universe made another big bet uh, in the grading space and another big bet in the alternative asset space, for lack of a better term. They made a big bet on video games yeah. being a high-end collectible asset. I think that's very interesting. Honestly, it makes a ton of sense from their perspective for a lot of the same reasons that you and I and that Collector's Universe believes in sports cards, right? Playing into the nostalgia, uh, video games rose in popularity and then 80s and 90s, you know, I was probably a little bit too young for the stuff that's uh, that's. super high-end the super mario stuff from the early 90s and in late 80s um yeah they're they're playing into the natural scarcity of of sealed video games and playing into the nostalgia and when you add the the component of these things being graded it adds another level of scarcity and and you're chasing these high-end graded sealed video games so You and I have talked off air a little bit about it. Neither of us are experts uh, in the graded video game space. This brand new emerging market type stuff, but any takeaways from Collector's Universe acquisition of uh, video game grader WADA?
1: No, I, I'm fascinated by this. And like, I get that I shouldn't be because as you just mentioned, it's the same reason that, that we're all crazed by this right. sports. You know, we, we're assigning value, to just pieces of cardboard with someone's picture <laughs> on it. So at least this is a physical, <laughs> tangible thing that people can play. But I, I'm fascinated by it. I didn't know people were grading these things. I'm super intrigued by the Super Mario 64 sale from a couple weeks ago, because that went for 1.5 six million dollars yeah, that's the first video game i ever played so for hanukkah for my fifth oh. birthday my, oh. my parents got me an n64 with super mario 64 and so i have a very like nostalgic of my own view of that game it was the first game i ever played first game i ever beat uh i still think i have it but obviously opened in from you know 20 years ago but I'm, I can't believe that an N64 game that I played when I was, you know, six, seven years old, it just went for $1.5 million in a perfect condition. Like, it's just, I'm still wrapping my head around that world, but, you know, I, it obviously makes sense for PSA to get involved because their people are grading these sealed games. So, yeah. you know, Nat, Nat Turner obviously has to have his hands on it as well.
0: <laughs> you know? Again, when you think about it, it, it adds all of the components that we love about sports cards cultural relevance and impact you know things like the jordan and the honus wagner and wayne gretzky all right you know all those guys anywhere mickey mantle everyone it's all they're all culturally culturally relevant it's something that you point to and it, it sparks a memory uh, or sparks a feeling and then again you add that component of grading that adds scarcity and there's so many different components as I'm starting to get into this and reading into the weeds. It's it's really fascinating about just different versions of games that are released different prints. Um, There was like a Tetris game that was released. That's super high end because there was only so many copies of this Tetris game released. And you think about Tetris and how many copies of that game, you know, must be in the hands of people from from back in that that era uh but yeah i'm I'm fascinated by it i was a little less uh kind of shocked when i saw the announcement because i've been on rally for a while as we've right. talked about and rally's got they've had they've had video games trading it now seems like for months right um so i'm i'm scrolling their site now they've got a grand theft auto for playstation i don't know if that was your the original was, gta With, yeah. Like, yeah
1: wow i think i started gta 2 or the vice city or one of those yeah but, um, uh,
0: they've got an '87 NES Legend of Zelda, which I know sure. uh, the Zelda set a big record this weekend. I don't know if it was it was the same card. They've got a Halo uh, yep. Xbox. So yeah, I think I think I don't know if we're we're super super early like we might have been uh, like you might have been I guess with with cards a couple years back. I think there's already enough steam there that uh, you're not going to get in on yeah, the ground floor. But uh if that's your bag man i don't i can't promise that we're going to be talking about graded video games on the show but it's very interesting and obviously if you're here you're into collectibles and and maybe video games sparks your interest
1: yeah and it's funny rally is the first place i saw any of this as well and like I, i was fascinated by both the video games they do like the um first edition Macintosh and like iPods yeah. and stuff field <laughs> and like that stuff. I also kind of get like, that almost makes a little bit more sense to me than, you know, for right. like the, the techies and like, you know, it's all, that's the kind of stuff that ends up in museums sometimes. So it all is just kind of this crazy collectibles world that we're living in now. And, you know, as we've, we've mentioned nostalgia for people in their mid to mid twenties to, you know, mid forties and it's um, it'll be fun to see whatever else pops up over the next 10 years or so, you know, we'll, um, You know, I I guess in like 2035, we'll see like a sealed Minecraft game or something like that. You know, who who knows? Who knows how this stuff's going to (laughs) go?
0: All right. We got to switch gears a little bit here and and kind of address the elephant in the room, if you will. And it kind of pertains a little bit to grading here, too. So this will all kind of tie together with PSA and and what have you. But Michael Jordan, the GOAT, made some major news this weekend. Once again, took the hobby by storm. His 86 FLIR PSA 10 sold for a record $840,000. Uh, which just for reference is $120,000 more than the previous high and nearly $400,000 more than recent comps, including another sale that same weekend at Julian's for $384,000, I believe. So why on earth did this... Jordan PSA 10 go for 840 grand. Is it a legitimate sale? Should we should we be calling fraud and, and coming out with, you know, coming out with the stakes on Twitter and and <laughs> banishing all sales of Jordan Fleer cards from now on because this one's illegitimate? Um, no, it's a legitimate sale. My my understanding
1: is <laughs> my understanding it's been paid for, everything's done. This is a, a real sale. Uh so yeah, this is just crazy. Like I think it's shocking from the number, considering what you just said that some of the other ones yeah. have recently had been going for the two, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar range. Yeah, I know we saw these creeping up towards this number back in the peak, but we have certainly not seen a number this high in the last five months or whatever. And you know, for it to be happened like this, now I think it's an interesting conversation. Uh, around why this one was so much higher. So it was a PWCC auction and Mm -hmm. they basically examined the card themselves and had some other people examine it and basically look at it and say, yes, this is a PSA 10. um, But this is one of the best PSA 10s we've ever seen. Right. They put it in like the top five of of any P of any PSA 10 that's ever been evaluated of these Michael Jordan, 86 flare cards. So it's basically saying, Hey, and and we know this, this is not, this is not um, news to anybody that all PSA 10s are not created equally. Right. Right. You know, again, we've talked about the subgrades that go into these gradings. I mean, a lot of times it's like with Beckett, you know, you'll see the subgrades and you'll see exactly what makes something. So sometimes something will have a 10, a 10, a 10 and a 9.5. So you just missed that pristine black label, right? This is probably PSA's version of getting as close to that as we can with what it was examined. So who knows what the buyer has planned for it. I had heard rumors that maybe he's going to try to send it to Beckett, get that pristine 10 from Beckett, mm-hmm. which hikes even more. And then possibly, you know, if it ever black labeled, you know, it's pretty much put a limitless price on what this card could do. So yeah. I think it was just around the overall quality of the 10 and, you know, it being one of the best overall conditions of the most iconic basketball card out there. So that's really what the, the card, um, what the deal with this card was and, and why it went for so high.
0: Yeah. I think you pretty much touched on anything that, uh, any thoughts that I had. I know there was, you know, any, anytime you see something like this, when it, 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 it just seems like an outlier sale, that's the first thing you're going to hear from people. You know, it's, it's fraud. Why would somebody do this? It's, you know, shill bidding, whatever, whatever you, whatever people want to come up with. Um, but like you said, PWCC mentioned it, the buyer mentioned it, the card is packed fresh. Basically it was just recently pulled from a pack. Um, the eye appeal rating, you know, I, th- I think the, the, other thing that I saw was people co- calling into question um, PSA's legitimacy, right? Like if right. if somebody else can add a quality to a car that's already graded a PSA 10, why are we putting such a premium on PSA 10s? And you nailed it. I mean, just because something meets the minimum threshold to grade a PSA 10 doesn't mean it's the best of the PSA 10s. And I think that's totally fair. And if he's going to crack you know crack it and send it into BGS and try and get it the you know the pristine label or the black label, <laughs> I mean, kudos to him for the stones on that to do that right. because yeah, like right. I said, if, if that thing black labels, then what is the limit on that card? I mean, it would be pretty wild. So yeah, I, despite what you may hear on Twitter or, or, you know, on the, on the cardboard streets, I don't think there's anything nefarious here. And what will this do to the, the MJ market overall? Well, we've seen it pop um, a little bit in other places. You know, the Julian sale, I think was, do I have that right? $384,000. I, I believe so. there was another one that sold this weekend. Uh, we saw it pop on collectible there's a fractional card trading on collectible It popped about 30% after this sale so maybe just another sign that we've we've maybe reached a little bit of a bottom here on the mj fleer after that thing took a dive
1: yeah and not to get we've we've spoke at length about the market at large so I don't want to do that again today yeah. but um i think we you know it's indicative again the top being you know i think we've reached the bottom uh, knock on wood of the of that of um what we were going to see the dip go to and we're starting to see a lot of Things like this, where we're creeping back up, I'm not also not surprised, by the way, to see the MJ card creep back up in general, not just this $840,000 sale. I know Ken Golden had came out with like a video a couple weeks yeah. ago saying he only had three left in his inventory or two left in his inventory of PSA tens, and that's it. And so, you know, if you want your chance at one I'm coming to auction, <laughs> I don't know of any more coming now. So, you know, just meaning that, like, hey, at this low price, a lot of them have been scooped up. Low, you know, relative, low is relative. We're still talking six figures, but uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, no, I do think that what you mentioned is more of the interesting conversation around the legitimacy of PSA I don't you know I've seen some tens that certainly aren't tens and I've seen some nines that probably should be tens you know that they're grading millions of cards a year it's you know there's going to be some mistakes there uh but this is where I tip my hat to Beckett and I kind of wish that it had more of a premium because you know that you're seeing what why something is what it is they do they do the subgrades they have the different tiers of 10 and um you know it's I think that's at least a little bit more transparent which I which I like
0: the other thing with respects to PSA and I totally agree with you on Beckett if if PSA had a, you know, PSA 10 pristine, that would be fantastic. Or if they right. had a nine nine to nine point one to nine point two, you know, all those things would be great just to get different subgrades and separate these things from a scarcity level, uh, would certainly be great. But I think the other thing is that we got to remember is this really is only going to affect what point oh 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 one percent of cards. No one's no one's looking at a Shea Gildress Alexander PSA 10 compared to another Shea Gildress Alexander PSA 10 and saying, I would pay 50% premium for this PSA 10 because it just looks better, right? I think there's kind of a, it really only affects the super high end. And obviously with this being a Jordan card and, and, you know, having that high, high, high appeal rating, I think, you know, it makes sense to me. I'm I'm not getting, you know, up in arms about, you know, PSA.
1: Me neither. Totally not. I actually, last thing before we move on, I am curious if the, if the buyer did have the the gumption to send it to Beckett, I wonder if they would, allow them to do it or if they have a way of analyzing it without cracking the case like right. if you're if you're sending a card that's worth this much money <sighs> and if he could directly talk to a beckett customer service person or something you know it might be good for the beckett you know um, mark you know beckett pr as well
0: super to great get, pr get, for them
1: get involved with the card and say hey yeah. we're looking at this and we're not and you know it's, and just come out and say like yes this could, this would just be a pristine ten, which at that case maybe you wouldn't crack it open but you know i I've never heard of that. I know anytime I've crossed something over, I fully crack open and send it, obviously, but I'm talking with much different levels of cards. So.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, let's 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 switch gears here and get into the bulk of today's show and some some really actionable stuff. We're obviously still seeing a lot of movement in the MLB markets. Uh, as we approach the dog days of summer, MLB is going to continue to take over. We're seeing a lot of high-impact players, though, with injuries, uh, up in the air, injury statuses. What do you got on some of these guys that are either out now in Acuna's case or guys that might be coming back with Eloy and Lewis Robert and guys like that.
1: Yeah. We had such a packed plate last week that we, we um, screwed up and not mentioning (laughs) Ronald Acuna's injury, which is obviously a big hobby, hobby topic and, and big baseball topic. So uh, if you're not aware, Ronald Acuna Jr. Had a season ending injury last week, or I guess two weeks ago now, week and a half. And um, yeah, that's a big deal. He's one of the big top three young players in baseball, top two, probably with Tatis, you know, not counting Mike Trout uh, of the new generation. And, Um, yeah, it sucks. He's going to be out for a while. Uh, we did immediately see a dip. I know a lot of people started selling off Acuna. Um, let me pull up some numbers right now, but, and you know, I, I would venture to say that you probably have a little bit more buying opportunity. You know, we're, we're, he's going to be out for a year. He's going to be out from now until uh, the middle of next season, probably. Uh, so, you know, he peaked this season over the last month, At like $170 for his um, tops update, which is kind of his paper flagship network. This is a pop of 18,000 card. Okay. It's one of those super modern high pop cards. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt, but it's still a good way to track. And, you know, it went all the way down to right around $100 at the low this past week. So you'll see those probably float anywhere from that $100 to $120 range. But I would say as this season goes on here, and even as um, we hit the off season, you might have some opportunities as people are concerned about the injury. Maybe before you hear the stories that he's back on the field, he's back running. I think you have a long window here. Monitor the market on your own. See when you feel comfortable diving in and buying the dip. But uh, I certainly think you're going to have a long window here where his, his uh, market's going to go down to a point. It's going to plateau at a low point. You're going to have a kind of sustained window where it's going to you know, do little waves. But it's going to be much lower than it has been any point over the last year. Year and a half to two years, so uh, take that for what it will. It sucks he's going to be out of the game, but you know, from a buying perspective, you probably have a little bit of time here. It's almost going to be impossible to pinpoint the exact great time to buy the dip, though. Right. It, it, it's going to. It's just too hard for for such a long grind out sport, and we have an off season coming up. It's it's just you know, it's it's too hard in my opinion.
0: And I had his 2017 Bowman pulled up, just a slightly higher end card, but but right. kind of a base card there too. His his 2017 Bowman prospects Chrome card on a PSA 10. Um, that thing over the last three months is down 53% mm-hmm. and free product placement here. We don't have any, any, uh, advertisements set up with card ladder. They're a great product. We've talked about them a lot on the show, but you can just set up a price alert for that card. Just watch it, set up a price alert. It's already down to $242. Um, wow. Yeah. Which is crazy. Off it's three month high of five fifty two. Yeah. So right. down, down real big. Um, but you know, if you want to set up a price alert for that card and see if it goes any, any further or see if you, there's a, a certain dollar amount that you know, you want to get in on go for it. I'm mean, there's there's plenty of resources out there and if you're just checking eBay daily or or checking 130.2 some of these free resources um, absolutely you're you're going to find out when this market either shifts and goes back up or really hits a bottom I think but like you said you're you it's kind of a fool's errand trying to time this thing out perfectly.
1: Yeah, I, exactly. You know, yeah. Would it be ideal to get the exact day that it's (laughs) going to hit its total bottom? And maybe that's already happened. Who knows? Yes, of course. But uh, you know, it's, he's going to be down compared to what he was for a while now. So you're going to have time, you know, obviously everyone wants to buy the stock at its lowest point, but uh, good luck for someone who's as widespread and is how populated in uh, slabs as, as Acuna is Um, shifting from, Guys that are now out, unfortunately, to guys that are coming back. Uh, a couple of White Sox. We, we've we've spoken a little bit about one of them over the last couple of weeks, but a couple of White Sox both returning to the field on a contending team. That the White Sox are certainly one of the the teams in the AL that has a real chance to make some noise this year. And Eloy Jimenez, who is um, you know their power hitting righty outfielder, young kid. Uh, Has had a lot of hype over the last handful of years, has been out for this season. He is uh, coming back probably this week or next. He's actually in triple A right now, finishing up his rehab stint. So uh, big news for the White Sox. And actually, uh, you've seen the market reflect that. Uh, You know, he's his tops chrome, which is from 2019, it's his rookie. Uh, it has a pop of 26, 27. So not that bad for the, the Chrome. And that card is up 28.3% over the last month. So, you know, you specifically over the last two weeks when there was started, he started the rehab since. So the second that happened, people bought in and this is kind of just to say, yeah, like, Hey, maybe you, you missed that window for, for this opportunity for somebody like him, but people are on and off the IL all the time in baseball. Yeah. And you know, you, again, the same way with prospect call-ups you got to hit that window at the right time, you know, right. You know, right before that guy is gonna get that rehab call up or start that rehab stint, is the time that you want to be purchasing back in on on somebody like uh, Jimenez. So,
0: yeah, I actually bought a few Eloy Jimenez uh, 2019 Topps Chrome cards, graded PSA 10. So I've got those listed right now. i got one listed right now on eBay. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so I kind of kind of found when he was just starting to do a little bit more on field work before the rehab stint started. Yep. Uh, bought up a few of those. Somewhat cheap, uh, I think, anyway. We'll see. Uh, Bought a few of those up, and I've got them listed already. So we'll see if we get a quick turnaround. I did the same thing with his teammate, Lewis Robert, who's a little bit further away. How how far am I going to have to wait on Lewis Robert? Uh, I believe I read that
1: he's just about ready to start making a rehab stint coming up yeah. here. So
0: we're probably two, Month three weeks. Yeah. Th- you know, th-
1: two to four weeks away, right? To to being back on the major league field. Uh, very exciting for definitely the guy that was the top rookie in baseball last year yeah. from a high, high perspective. A uh, lot of young talent on that White Sox team. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know if you have any numbers pulled up for him, but I know you said you had mentioned um, you had started purchasing a little bit. I, I want to say two weeks ago, you were telling me. That you yeah, were I did the same thing with Robert. Robert. It looked
0: like he was a little further out there. I think there were even more question marks um, just how quickly he was going to come back. And I was trying to decide what I wanted to do there. But I did buy up a few Lewis Robert cards. Um, his Bowman Chrome got super cheap. Uh, his Topps Chrome was super cheap as well. So I just bought up a few of those. I haven't listed any of those yet. Um, and man, maybe you can talk me into their contending team. Maybe you can talk me into holding some of these guys yeah. through the postseason if they're going to make a run. Um, it's
1: definitely possible if they like show if either of those guys show a leap in a postseason, you know, getting to that potential level that everyone thinks that they have. I think you'll you'll probably see. I mean, in their young careers, you'll probably see them reach new highs, especially on things like paper, Chrome, um, flagship type cards you yeah. know yeah, the, the only thing i had to mention this with robert is i still think you're going to see those pop counts keep going up and up because yeah. that same order i mentioned the ultra modern order i think i have like 10 luis robert paper rookies in in that same order so uh, and that that already the 2020 tops paper rookie of his already has a pop of 7900 that's going to easily hit the five figure mark uh, over the next like three or four months as people get those October and September orders back. So um, just keep that in mind for the really highly populated cards, but you know, Bowman Chrome, Bowman Chrome refractors. If you have that kind of bankroll, Bowman Chrome autos, Mm -hmm. that stuff, um, I would say kind of maybe wait out, see, see what kind of playoff run they go on for sure.
0: Perfect. Uh, Anyone else on the injury list that might be coming back? Uh, Anyone that you're keeping an eye on as far as their markets are concerned?
1: Uh, No, just worth mentioning that we've spoken a lot about Jacob DeGrom as a pitcher, having one of the all-time great seasons, one of the all-time great pitchers, um, was in the MVP race. He uh, has a stint on the IL right now. Um, So, you know, that's just something to monitor as far as that NL MVP race. It's something to monitor as far as card prices. Um, This just happened a day or two ago, so you're not going to – I don't think you'll see too much big impact yet. But if it's something that lingers um, and it's going to impact that MVP race or something like that, you might be able to – Get a little bit of a discount on one
0: jacob Degrom. all right let's let's keep this uplifting no more no more injury talk no more guys that are down for the season or, or hurt we talked in or you talked in episode 13 about how important it is uh how important being called up can be to a player's market just there's the simple act of making it to the bigs don't even yep. have to do anything on the big league stage just making it there and how important that is for a player's hobby market so there's one name in particular that's uh recently been called up that um kind of a big name in the hobby. Wanted to touch on Jaron Duran.
1: Yeah, so Jaron Duran, uh, outfielder for the Red Sox. Um, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. They have all these <laughs> prospects that just keep keep popping up out of nowhere, and then they just got the fourth pick. Whatever. I I, I digress. Um, he's a he's a speed power combo lefty outfield bat. Really exciting with the he passes the eye test. He's kind of like got this quick first step to him. Uh, he's 24, so he's kind of ready to make that impact right away. Uh, he was actually in 2020 Bowman was his first. Bowman chrome auto cards. So that was that same great product with Jason Dominguez, Bobby Witt. Uh, And uh, I have actually a Sapphire autograph right here. You can see uh afterhand mm-hmm. actually in the card saver, ready to get graded whenever tiers do open back up. But um so he's ready to make an impact right off. He's off to a pretty hot start. He hit his first career home run yesterday. Um, has had a couple hits. He's, he shows that he, you know, I think he's only batting like 180 in his first couple at bats, but that, you know he's only had 10 career at bats or whatever so far. Um, so you know, anyway, th- he's somebody that has a lot of hype. People liked him as is, you know, it's that Boston market. Um, but I, you know, and you definitely saw a little bit of a bump right when he goes up, comes up, uh, you know, especially when he's playing in Boston. I, I the, the thing I wanted to mention about him and the reason why I think that his window might be open from a selling perspective, a little bit longer than someone like Wander Franco is because yes, he was a big prospect in a big market, but he wasn't, the elite top 10 prospect, right? Sure. He was a good prospect that people thought can come and make an impact to the major league team, but we're not talking, no one, I don't think anyone expects him to be a generational type player. So if he does continue to succeed right off the bat, you know that's someone that you have a window a little bit more open now. Yeah, it would have been great to hit that that first game and he has his first hit and then first home run. Yeah, maybe that was the peak, but I still think you have a you have a little bit more of a longer leash here compared to someone like a Wander Franco, um, you know, or when those top top tier prospects get called up. So it's just a, somebody to keep your an eye on. Um, I'm sure his first tops rookie will probably be in 2022 tops series one. So when that and you know when that stuff comes out, he's somebody that will be an interesting name if he's an everyday player for for the Red Sox for sure.
0: All right, before we get into today's uh, best buys, which, you know, we, we've been trying to teach you guys how to fish, right? But we've been trying to give you guys the information that you need to make uh, more successful decisions in the hobby, more profitable decisions in the hobby, Gary, especially just crushing it with the the macro information, the analysis. But today, we're just, we're just going to straight up give you the fish, man. I mean, we're just going to give you the guys that we've been buying, the guys that we're still interested in buying. Um, Gary and I haven't talked about Either of the guys or any of the guys that we're purchasing now guys that we're high on. Before we get into that, F1 dominated the sports weekend, uh, an incredible race. (laughs) I I was up and watching it between, you know, being my my dad duty, taking care of the kids. My wife's out of town, so uh, I'm dealing with two kids under three. Talk to me about F1, because my God, it was it was dramatic. It was incredible. I was engaged the whole time. Twitter was engaged the whole time. Uh, And then we got a, a pretty epic finish, too. So what happened in the F1 world this weekend?
1: Yeah, let me preface it with this. I am no expert on the ins and outs of the actual races and uh, things like that, but I'm going to do my best to talk through this because it's, it was incredible. Uh, although we know everyone knows I'm a huge F1 guy. It's my favorite sport. This is the top <laughs> F1 sports cards podcast in the world. Uh, but, you know, it, it was amazing. So uh, Max Verstappen was winning the championship coming into this week. Obviously, Lewis Hamilton, the GOAT right behind him, was about uh, 30 or so points behind him. On lap one, they collide. Max stopping, spins out of control has, you know, luckily he was okay. He said a little banged up, maybe signs of a concussion, but he's all right. Uh, but the car completely spins out of control, obviously has to retire from the race. Now this is the most divisive I've ever seen in the F1 community from my understanding. <laughs> and obviously I've only been around for a couple of months, but my understanding from the podcast that I listened to and, and what I've been reading about it is this is one of the more divisive incidents in the history of F1. Uh, so basically uh, you know, they're going around the one of the first corners on the first lap. Lewis Hamilton has some more room on the inside that he could have gone to, but Max Verstappen was slightly ahead, certainly had plenty of more room on the outside and Max Verstappen's back right tire and, and Lewis Hamilton's front left tire touch. And that's what sent Max Verstappen out into a tailspin. And uh, a lot of, a lot of, um, no, no love going on between those two right now. Max right. Verstappen goes on right. to uh, Twitter and Instagram after very salty, basically saying uh, how disrespectful. <laughs> oh, we should say Lewis Hamilton goes on to win this race, even though he was given a 10 second penalty for that incident. Uh, just an incredible race by, by Lewis after that to, to win. But, um, so anyway, they, he goes on. He's like, it's disrespectful for these guys to be celebrating while I'm sitting here in the hospital and uh, Lewis should be given more of a penalty and yada, yada, yada. But uh, it was just, you know, you, you from everyone that I've speaking to so far and everything I've been hearing, you either people here, people on Max's side or Lewis's side, uh, you could really make an argument either way. You could say Lewis had more room. He was not close enough to the apex. You could say Max should have um, gotten out of the way a little bit more, kind of turned into him a little bit. Uh, but. Well, either way, you could probably chalk it up to what they like to call a racing incident, which just means it's pretty much hard. It's pretty hard to assign blame in, in this instance. Uh, I, I, t- I definitely think that. So, but it's going to be one of those things that people talk for forever because now Lewis Hamilton wins the race. He's he's in single digits behind Max, and now this is anyone's anyone's championship again. Uh, and you know, tune into F one and for the Hungarian Grand Prix in two weeks because uh, we have a fun, fun rest of our season coming up here.
0: Yeah, and you alluded to the you alluded to the the F1 podcast that you listen to, you got a quote tweet from Kevin Clark ringers. Kevin oh yeah. Clark. So, I mean, may- maybe you need to pull some weight here. We can get Kevin or, or Ryan Rosillo on the show. I really
1: want to get, (laughs) I really want to get Kevin on. Um, I'm a huge fan of those guys in the Ryan Solo podcast, but (laughs) yeah, those are one, those are they're. they're, I mentioned on the podcast that Ryan was the one who like jokingly got me into F1, Mm -hmm. but there's a ton of great uh, F1 podcasts out there. Uh, The one that Kevin recommends is the missed apex. I think they do a great job, Uh, but yeah, if, if, um, if the ringer sports card podcast, I'm not going to mention it by name doesn't have a, a non-compete. Yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> Kev, Kev, Kevin Clark, come, come on. We, we would love to talk F1 with you and relate it to, to cards. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, so Lewis Hamilton now has at 99 career Grand Prix win. So he's a hundred away. I think that's going to see a little bit bump in his already insane market. Um, you know, Max. Now it's going to be—it's just going to be one of those epic races. Now they are single-digit points. Is Mercedes clearly did a little bit, of, uh, gave a little bit of improvements to their car over the last couple of weeks to um, get get more on the same level with Red Bull, and they'll be back and forth, I think, moving forward here. And there's, you know, going to be bad blood between those two. And Lewis takes a high road. He seems he plays that nice guy card, you know, uh, at least on camera. But I think that, you know, he 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 uh, he he could taste the rivalry as well. And I think it's going to be a very exciting couple of. Race is coming up here for for F1.
0: I love it. I'm, I'm captivated. My my son, who is just obsessed with anything motorized, cars. Oh, good. You know, trucks, farm equipment, anything. He's he was captivated. Literally, he was just staring at the TV for most of it. Uh, as I'm trying oh, to like, corral I'm, our six month old daughter. So I'm sending him.
1: I'm sending him F1 cards. We're getting oh, him involved. In, we're getting we're getting him involved in the hobby early. I'm going to send him some stuff. Uh, no, I'm not kidding. It. He's got he's got to uh, have it. All right, guys.
0: <laughs> Before we get into today's Best Buys, we're, I need you to do something for us, right? We've been begging you. We've we've been getting on our hands and knees and pleading with you to subscribe, rate, and review the show. It's the least you can do for us. We truly appreciate you guys being out here every week. We take an hour of your evenings, an hour of your days, an hour of your work week uh, for you to listen to us and for you to repay us. We just want you to subscribe, rate, and review, and Gary is going to entice you with probably The best giveaway we've done. I know it's the best giveaway that we've done to date of the three giveaways. What do you got for the people that subscribe, rate, and review the Established Collection Podcast?
1: Yeah, so we mentioned, I, you know, I was a little tease last week that we're going to give away our first slab. And going into tonight, this is what I plan on being the only giveaway. I'll start with this. <laughs> uh, I'm giving away the 1985 Tops. This used to be considered a huge, huge baseball card. It's still a very nice slab. This was Mark McGuire's considered his, his rookie card at the time. It was the 1984 USA baseball team of Mark McGuire. This is a PSA 8. So his uh, his rookie for the baseball team, I figure it's fitting. we we'll have been talking a lot about baseball. We're about to enter the dog days of baseball. Plus the Olympics are coming up, which have baseball back in it. So Team USA, uh, this is patriotic card. This is a timely card. This is a rookie PSA card. So uh, a fun card to give away to our listeners. But I figure uh, as cool as that is, uh, coming on right after the Bucks just win an epic championship, I, I can't just give away that. So I'm going to give away to, to the same, per- same lucky person who's going to get both of these things, uh, a little Giannis Antetokounmpo mm. Prism lot. So I have here five different years of Giannis Prism cards, uh, all in great condition that I'll give away. Uh, first is 13-14, so this is actually his second year. Uh, I'm sorry, 14-15. So this is actually his second year Prism card. <laughs> uh and so i got one of those uh we have one from 1617 as well and then we do have one from the last three seasons. So we have the most recent one, 2021, and then his two MVP years, 1920 and 1819. So you'll get all of those. I'm even going to throw in this extra spectra card with him holding the MVP trophy. Uh, after all that, so you're going to get six Giannis cards, little prism lot for you. Uh, in addition to the Mark McGuire, PSA, eight, 1985 tops USA baseball rookie card. So uh, I think a great giveaway, you know, we are you know we Cody just said it perfectly we really appreciate the reviews uh you guys have said really nice things and
0: uh, hey you know, and, we, and look you guys don't even need to say nice things no no, no. we you, want the honest can, feedback we want the honest feedback and seriously if there's anything we, we joke but if there's anything you guys want us to cover we've tried to hit on topics that we've uh got recommended we don't want to act like experts in things that we're not experts in so Uh, certainly we'd love to have guests on as well. That might be experts in those field, but, uh, yeah, just, just give us your honest feedback. If there's any recommendations for content, leave it there, but, uh, be sure pause right now and go to Apple iTunes. If you're, if you're listening on your phone or wherever you're listening and make sure you're subscribed, uh, rate it five stars, preferably if if you would do so, be so kind to do that. And then just give us a review, honest feedback. Tell us you love us. Tell us how good looking Gary is, whatever you want to do. Honestly, we appreciate it. And with that, enough housekeeping stuff. Gary, I'm going to see the floor to you. Give me your Best Buy.
1: All right. So I, I broke this down in a couple different ways. I, I want to give you one from each of the three main sports. So I'll, 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 do it that way. Um, since we've spoken, I'll start with basketball since we just finished up the season. And since we've spoken so much about modern day stuff and, and we speak, we're often speaking about pop counts of, of, you know, the most recent guys, I kind of wanted to take it back, talk about something we don't talk a lot about. And that's a mix of, uh, kind of more of the, the junk wax era, if you will. Um, So I have a card that I've been buying up a little bit of when I can find it, and that is the Jason Kidd 1994 Tops rookie card. Okay, so it looks like this. Um, We saw in February uh, anything from the 92 Tops, like the Shaq, Mm -hmm. through the 99, like the Duncan, take these huge, huge spikes. All these Hall of Famers from that era uh, saw spikes. So what I did... Uh, I start to look for the guys that didn't get that crazy spike even and even if their pop was still contained so this card that I just showed on there the 94 tops um, has a pop of 225 they weren't really making the chrome at the time so it's just going to be that paper based right Uh, so 225 and that you know when they were still producing a lot of cards is 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 a nice pop for something that you can get that card under $200 if you're diligent it doesn't pop up that much um, but for me he's going to be back in the spotlight right now you know new head coach of the Dallas Mavericks he's Definitely one of the top ten point guards of all time. Was a first ballot Hall of Famer, um, and you know the way I'm looking at those guys is eventually all of them are going to get their due in the hobby. We saw it happen with Tim Duncan. We saw it happen with Kevin Garnett. We saw it start to happen with Steve Nash, and start start to happen with Dirk Nowitzki. There's only a couple guys from that era, the '90s era Hall of Fame era, that haven't seen his major spike. I'd rather get out ahead of that, and I think that's just an undervalued card at $200 compared to the four figures that we're going to see of the of his peers. So. For me, that's that's my uh, basketball buy of the day.
0: Look, I mean, color me shocked. I did not expect you to pull a card from when I was two years old. hmm mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Me too. I was, all, I was also two. <laughs> Kudos to you. Yep. All right. I'm going to switch it up to uh, something a little bit more modern uh, and take it to football. Dak Prescott. And nice. if you guys follow the Establish the Collection account, you know that I uh, we tweeted out uh, a Dak Prescott little infographic, if you will. Um and I've mainly been looking at buying is Prism Silver PSA 10, uh, which if you remember in episode nine with Ryan Reynolds, we talked about that, that 2016 um, Prism class. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the silver is the base card yep. in that product, right? So right. Um, there isn't a base variation. It's just the silver. There's just over 1,100 PSA 10s in existence. Uh, and DAC went down last year in October, October 11th. And I don't think people were rushing to send in uh, an injured Dak Prescott, you know, Prism card to Panini at that time. So I don't I don't expect there to be a ton in the backlog. Certainly, there's going to be some that come out uh, as they get through the ultra modern stuff and the more modern stuff. But I don't expect there to be a huge backlog of Dak Prescott cards as he was kind of on the shelf um, where they're at in their backlog so basically the the theory behind this the thesis behind this i'm looking for as many ways to bet on this dallas offense and dak prescott as possible so whether it's best ball and we talk about the crossover between fantasy and the card markets quite a bit certainly not one for one obviously i I don't expect if dak prescott puts up insane numbers for his card prices to automatically go up but um definitely looking for ways to bet on dak coming off the injury They've got likely the league's best skilled position group with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Zeke in the backfield. They're still favored to come out of the NFC East. So we might be looking at a playoff run for Dak, and he's got the fourth best odds to win MVP this season. So we tied for the fourth best odds to win MVP this season. So I, I feel like I do have a few outs. Obviously, you're going to be able to craft the comeback narrative story uh, off the ankle injury. His hobby prices are back up a little bit from where they dipped down to um, coming off the injury. But I think you can still get these uh, anywhere from I was picking them up at 720 and 740 just recently. There's a little bit of variance. It looks like in his market, you can see him go as high as 850, um, as low as 700. So anywhere in that range is where I'm looking at right now. I think that off-season football buying window is probably going to close up pretty quick if it, if it hasn't already. Um, but they, they really have kind of a storybook start to the season too. They they kick off the NFL season on Thursday night, the opener. Uh, against the defending champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then they go on the road, face Justin Herbert and the Charters, and then they come back home for two games, weeks three and four, against probably two of the most vulnerable secondaries in the league. So if they're 3-1 and one coming out of that stretch, or 2-2, two and two, uh, or if they're 4 and oh hell, they they beat the Bucs and the Charters and come home and take care of business. Uh, I think that we're looking at Dak as maybe an MVP frontrunner at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll overreact that much. Um, but you're talking about a four 0 Cowboys team or a three and one Cowboys team with Dak putting up pretty insane numbers with that market, America's team, all that. Uh yeah, Dak's just a buy for me when you when you look at everything across the board.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh I can't can't argue that. Definitely gonna, you know, as long as he stays healthy, he's probably shooing for the comeback player of the year and then yeah, yeah. yeah and then, you know, everything else for him will fall into place. I hope they're in four after that stretch, but um, <laughs> I, I always forget, yeah. I mean, you're
0: wearing a Giants hat. I can't even <sighs>
1: I, 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 won't ever, I, obviously I'm a, I, I would like to consider myself a, a, a fantasy analyst and, and I play a ton of fantasy sports, but I can't separate. I just can't, uh, I will play plenty of DAC in, in draft and everything, but.
0: I uh, can't do I them really, one season
1: long. Oh no, no, actually for my main. So for my main season long league, my home league, like my keeper league with all my high school buddies, I've had a rule since I was a kid. This is going to make me sound ridiculous. Uh, but I do not draft Cowboys, Eagles, or Washington football team members. Oh never, my gosh. Never have. I won this past year though. So how about that? <laughs> um, so anyway, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to stay on football. I'm going to stay on quarterbacks. I think right. that's the place to stay. Yeah. Um, I have been doing a little bit of buying on one Joe Burrow for a little bit mm-hmm. of time now. Uh, and, you know, a, a couple of reasons. One, y- y- it's it's you can't really dive into Herbert right now. If we're just going to talk about this previous quarterbacks class. And I think a lot of people have been doing the two a thing. His numbers have, have been low. Yeah. And, you know, you have that opportunity. Sure. It's, I still think that's a good buy. But I think Joe Burrow's in a place right now where – um, I kind of like the idea of gambling on him before he's back on the field for training camp and preseason coming up here, and before he proves that he can be back from that ACL. To, to me, though, that knee injury isn't the same as it used to be. He's gonna have world class doctors working on him. He's a number one overall pick, um, and I love his supporting cast this year from a skill position players. The offensive line still worries me a little bit, but you know, bringing in his buddy Jamar Chase, having T. Higgins, having Tyler Boyd there, having Joe Mixon, hopefully, be that that bell cow. Um, and, you know, I, I just think that you have buying opportunities here for somebody that if he's back on the field and putting up those fantasy-type numbers right off the bat, will will shoot right back up to what they were right before he went down last year. So for me, uh, I'm not looking into his PRISM stuff, though, particularly, mm-hmm. at least not his PRISM base. So um, the PRISM base right now only has a pop of 1160, but that's going to shoot up as tiers open back up and as people get things back. And it's still, yes, it's dipped. It peaked um, at, like, Eight hundred dollars, right when they started coming back from PSA, like three, four months ago, and right now I can get that for between four and five. But I'm looking at something like select, so I'd rather go to look at select the either silvers or different colors if you can afford it and get some of that low printed stuff. That's the stuff that ages well over time. It's still prism based, one of the and for football it holds a lot of value. Um, I have some of these, so this is a higher end, but this is white prism. Um, out of 35 actually. So mm-hmm. I've been looking into, so it's obviously, again, it's a little bit of a higher end, but let's say that card is around an $1,800 card right now. If he hits that field and looks good, that's going to double. I have zero doubt about it. So that's the kind of guy that I'm looking at.
0: Makes a ton of sense. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm really going to switch gears here, too, because cool. I've talked a little bit about UFC. Um, UFC was kind of my like original baby. I was really big into the UFC back in my teenage years and, and into college, kind of fell out of love with it um, a little bit. But I'm getting back into it now that there's cards to collect from Panini. Uh, Panini's first year product just came out, as we've talked about, first year Prism product. They've got uh, Select coming out, I believe, at the end of the month. So one of my favorite buys right now is going to be pretty obvious for anybody that's paying, paying attention to the UFC, but uh, Kazmat Kazmat Kamzat Chemaev, I can't say that five times fast. Kamzat Chimaev, uh, just clearly the top rookie in Panini's class. You're looking at me crazy. Do you know who this guy is? No, but it oh, I, makes I, me honestly, I'm going to stop you there because that makes me feel really good. Because okay. uh, as I'm trying to buy cards and, and I'm submitting offers on eBay. And looking at auctions, it sure as hell seems like the hobby knows who this guy is. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Good. UFC's just, a blind spot for me, for sure. Yeah. Okay. That's totally fine. He's he's just very clearly, um, you know, the the driving force between Panini's, uh, the driving force behind Panini's d- debut edition of the Uf- UFC Prism. We're already seeing huge prices for these guys' cars Just I mean, look them up after the show. Any of the colored parallels, uh, I mean, it, you you can't find them at a reasonable price, and obviously none of this stuff is graded. So. Doing price discovery stuff on this uh, on his cards are quite difficult. There's no PSA pop report to look at. There's, you know, it's basically all at one thirty point.com and just you know scouring through that stuff. But reason number one that I'm I'm betting on Kamzat Chimaev is betting on him as a talent. So he is if he's as good as he's looked for the rest of his career, he started nine and oh, his professional career nine and He finished every single one of his fights. So 9 and 0 with 9 finishes, he ran through three guys uh, in his UFC debut in 2020 in a 60-day period. So basically over over 2 months he ran through three guys, knocked out Gerald Meershart in 17 seconds, one punch knockout, just flat knocks this dude out. So uh, incredible, electric electric guy. The one thing that I I do question is he did deal with a, a massive bout of COVID and it like canceled three fights. He hasn't oh, fought since 2020. Um, but here's the thing. I think the reason why I'm buying him now, the reason why I feel a little bit more confident now is he does have a fight scheduled for the end of October. So I, it makes me feel like, like you know, he, he even considered retirement um, while he was going through that stuff. Just 27 year old kid, went through wow. a lot with the COVID stuff. Uh, seems like he's put that behind him. But he has a fight scheduled for October 30th, uh, UFC 267. And the early odds have him as a t- minus 250 fav- favorite over Lee Jing Lang, who is like the 12th ranked prospect uh, in the welterweight division. And that guy has won eight of his last 10 fights with seven knockouts, five post-fight bonuses. I say all that because I think this fight's going to be pretty electric. We're still three months away. I don't think the market's going to move in that direction towards Kamzat before the fight all that much as we approach that fight and UFC kind of that, you know, that UFC 267 takes center stage. There might be a little bit of movement in this prices. but the reason I say that it's, uh, you know, the hobby knows his name or at least UFC people know his name because I've been submitting, I've probably submitted an offer on every single, uh, colored parallel of this guy that's listed on eBay right now. And no one is accepting no really? one is accepting. So I've got a few silvers. Um, I'm not worrying about any bases right now, but I've got a few silver commsots coming. I'm I, like seriously. I'm, I'm if you are out there and you own a comzat, please come to me because I want to buy it. And like, like I said, I'm I'm submitting what I believe to be fair offers and just nothing. So um, the people in the UFC hobby, the people that are holding these cards, definitely know their worth. The one concern that I have uh, is just you know that that bout with COVID, and maybe he's a little bit too overhyped, but I think if he, if he takes care of business against Li Jing Lang, which he's a pretty heavy favorite to do so, I don't see too many fighters. And again, I'm, I'm not a UFC expert, but just looking at the, the roster, I don't see too many fighters in the welterweight division that he wouldn't be favored against. And there may potentially in the future be a, uh, welterweight title fight between him and Kamara Usman. So if that happens, uh, prices certainly are not coming down from there. So Yeah. Switching things up, combat sports, Kamzat Chemayev.
1: I love that. First of all, this is what Best Buy is all about. We're supposed to come out of left field with guys. I love your, I love Cody's inner meathead coming out. Uh, I know Cody used to be, you know, big power (laughs) lifter guy probably got in the Octagon here back in the day. Um, You know, so I I love that. And he's fighting EG on Leon. You said the former six overall pick of the Milwaukee bucks in 2007, (laughs) I think. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, No, that's great, man. And and you know what I have, I was going to stop there, but now that we're going on obscure guys, there's an F one parallel of this, like almost the exact same situation. so I just have to go with it. Uh, my F1 guy that I've been buying the most is George Russell. He is mm-hmm. a young driver. It is, it's it's considered his true rookie card also out of the 2020. So it has the has the rookie card badge. So, you know, he has the most hype for, for that perspective. But He's for Williams, which is a really uh, one of the cars on the bottom of the grid, uh, but he's actually signed by Mercedes. So there's a lot uh, like that he's under contract as one of their youth drivers. So a lot of hype that a lot of talk because the the driver that's next to Lewis Hamilton at Mercedes, his contract is up at this year, a guy named Valtteri Bottas had a lot of hype. And, and I think it's going to happen that George Russell is going to take that Mercedes seat next year. So he's going to be moving into the big time uh, being on the best car next to the best driver of all time next season. And it's his rookie card so um you know any kind of colored stuff you can get out of him of chrome sapphire any of it uh, i'm interested in the regular stuff the, the base of the variation card number uh 19 so actually this is i have his red out of five variation card that i'm going to attempt to get graded uh, but i love this kid i love him as a buy a very similar situation it sounds like and uh, i love this buys a segment i think we can keep coming up with um fun obscure buys for, for the people
0: yeah, this is a, this is a ton of fun. And I, I wanted to actually piggyback off of my own UFC take. Have you, you probably haven't looked a much, if you don't know what, who Kamzat Chmaev is, you probably haven't looked a ton at UFC cards. They are horribly, horribly off centered. And it oh, seems really? like a, it seems like an issue across the board. Um, so I'm curious because there haven't been obviously any graded, I think I looked today and there was like 110 total graded at PSA. So obviously very low, very low to to, to kind of get an idea of, of you know, how these things are coming back. How would you handle that from from buying a raw perspective? Obviously, looking at pictures on eBay, I'm trying to do the best I can to see a card that might, you know, is aesthetically pleasing, buying the card over, you know, what I think of my great as, things like that. How would you handle that from just buying raw cards perspective?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, that sounds like it's just a prism problem because the, yeah. the, the 1920 NBA was the Ugh. worst it's ever been, the Zion year, right? Like it was so yeah. hard. The reason it was, it was very hard to get 10s, Uh, On colored stuff is just because so many of them are off-centered. Yeah, I mean it's really the lucky thing about prism is it's an eye testing you can kind of see right away. So um, you know that it's it's your comfort level. And the other thing is you have to it it can come to a point where the grader knows that that set is so off-centered where they might actually have a little bit of a different grading scale for let's say a 1920 prism or something like that, where there might be a tiny bit more lenient. Like you've seen some tens and nines that are like so egregiously off center that, hey, maybe it's worth sending in anyway that you might get lucky. Now, that doesn't mean that it will have the great resale value if you just got kind of got a grade up from what the centering right. should have been. But, you know, it's it's possible that some of these things get submitted that are off center, that some squeak through as nines and tens anyway. So um, I'd probably still send it as long as it's not like 70, 30. If it's 60, 40 or better, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm probably will, uh, will send it in.
0: Love it. I'm, I'm gonna keep trying to scoop those again. If you're out there and you've got those cards, let me know because I was firing off. Maybe I just need to. Maybe I just need to pony up and uh, up my offers a little bit. But anything else you want to add to the buy segment or the rest of the show before we get people out of here? No, we'll
1: save some more for the future because um, there's always guys that I'm interested in that I think yeah. are undervalued and and you know I think uh, it's obviously it's it's good to to get those names out there and and hopefully steer steer the loyal listeners in the right direction.
0: Absolutely. All right. Just a little bit of show notes here. We won't be recording next week. Gary is going to be partying in Denver.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Going on my first trip since the, since the pandemic excited to, to get away. Um, But yeah, I'll be away for, for next week over the NBA draft, which is next Thursday. So we'll come back in two weeks with uh, a draft NBA draft filled episode, I believe.
0: And that gives you guys two weeks to to subscribe, rate, review the podcast, get entered to win uh, Gary's Mark McGuire rookie card PSA eight and a whole lot of, a whole lot of Giannis. Um, yep. Yeah. So, so get yourselves entered into doing that. I think there's 58 of you right now. We would love to see that number skyrocket after this episode. Again, we really appreciate you guys being here uh, for Gary. I'm Cody. See ya. Congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks.